0: Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story Podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like the Martech Podcast, hosted by Benjamin Shapiro. Each week, the Martech Podcast tells the stories of world-class marketers who use technology to create lasting success with their businesses and careers. If any of these topics sound interesting to you, I want you to go check out the MarTech podcast, how science is changing advertising, how to set up a CRM so you actually use it, private equity's take on digital transformation, why big social is focused on newsletters. If these are topics that resonate with you, go listen to the MarTech podcast wherever you get your podcasts Or you can go to HubSpot.com slash podcast network and listen to it there. Today, you are going to hear me on the S2 podcast hosted by Stephanie Saunders. We spoke about how to podcast. This is super meta, but I really hope you enjoy it. Let's jump right into it. Me on the S2 show hosted by Stephanie Saunders.
1: You're listening to the S2 show a podcast where you can listen, learn, and be inspired by professionals. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Stephanie Saunders. On The S2 Show, I interview some of the world's number one experts. My goal is to help you by giving you a glimpse inside the climb to their success and give you a sneak peek into our guest's behind-the-scenes stories to help shed light on the journey. After each episode, you should have actionable steps to apply on your road to building your empire. Expect to hear from real estate moguls, founders, CEOs, authors, and influencers. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, Scott Clary.
0: Thank you for having me on. I'm super, super excited to be here.
1: I'm new, and you're like the okay. pro with your twenty thousand huh. downloads per episode. So, so I'll show you around Miami. I'll I'll okay. introduce you to a bunch of people. You teach me how to be a pro at podcasting.
0: Yeah, Sounds good. <laughs> I like that. I, I'm I'm down with that. This is not the reason why I came down to Miami. So I can network, so I can meet people, and then I'll I'll give you all the marketing advice. I'll give you all the the podcast growth tips. I'll tell you what I'm doing with my show right now that's successful and what what isn't successful. Okay, and cool. um, but you do a lot of this stuff, anyways. I see I see your brand on social. You're killing it. Like like don't sell yourself short. Like, but you know what?
1: It's all so new for me, and only and I had never. I have to be honest. I never really. I was I was the consumer. I never had mm. any interest, and I never understood the value but I was a consumer. Right. So when the pandemic happened, it was like, I was forced to make a decision. Like, am I going to go ghost for a year and a half or am I going to like shove myself into everyone's face? So that's the only reason. So listen, there's so many things to learn in marketing. It's like, Mm -hmm. it could be like a rabbit hole, you know,
0: it can also, yeah. But there's also endless amounts of things to learn because not only do you have all your traditional things that I don't even know a lot about, like (laughs) I'm not an expert in print. I'm not an expert in, television like these are like television commercials and the traditional marketing and advertising i'm more an expert in digital and social i'm not even an expert i'm constantly learning and that's that's so difficult there's always new things to learn about so i would say like the number one thing the number one takeaway uh from anything you hear today that we chat about it's that there's no end game there's no there's no finish line and if you ever think there's a finish line that's when you'll start to fail as a marketer Yes. Because you just won't get it. You right. won't get the next thing, right?
1: Sure. So, sure. So, but, what's yeah. interesting though about that point is then when do you find like I get so excited when I'm learning new things, right? Mm-hmm. So I found like to be so intrigued, which is it's really fun. So that means you know you're liking it, right? They say you have to have fun doing what you're doing. It's so like yeah. I have fun learning all this new stuff, but then every day it's like, oh, sales funnel this, like click this, that. It's like so <laughs> then I I can't sleep. Because then I'm like, oh, this thing, it's one o'clock in the morning. I just found this new thing and I'm up and I'm like reading and like, I'm married. Like, I'm also, I want to be a good wife. It's a new thing. And like, I, I don't know how your, to Your
0: mindset it is the, is the, your mindset is the perfect mindset for somebody who wants to build their own thing. Cause you're curious, you're super curious.
1: Right, but and it's dangerous.
0: It is because you get obsessed with it. You get upset. I'm the same way. I get obsessed with learning stuff. Yeah, it, And it's and it just like, you have to manage your, your, you know, your spouse, your, if you have kids I don't have your kids life. yet, but like, you know, one day you're going to have kids and you have to manage all that because, and that's also why people say like, if you, if you love being like an entrepreneur, so to speak, um, and you love building things and you love learning new things, that's why you should try and do it when you're younger so that you have some success and then, you know, it works and then you can't outsource. You can pay people to do things for you because you don't have to do it all yourself. You don't have to learn all yourself.
1: Sure, right. and you you know how to balance it. So you, you know maybe,
0: how to balance, yeah.
1: We won't say you don't get as excited, but you've been through that like really excited phase. Already. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. You'll still get as excited. You'll always get as excited. And you know, right. I know people that have exited companies, entrepreneurs that have exited companies and they, they never have to work another day in, in their life. And they'll sit around for a year and they'll just start building something again. right. It's a personality trait. I it think is. entrepreneurship at its core is personality.
1: Right. That's what's what, so, what success. So let's talk about that because you, okay, so you have a nine to five and you're doing all of these other things.
0: Yes. So do you want me to give you a rundown? I, I do. do you want to get, you get a rundown think, on record?
1: Before you do, what do you think okay. that says about yourself? Because you probably don't need to have a nine to five, but do you think that you like the challenge of having the layers of the, the different options of businesses? What's
0: the um, That's a great, that's a really great question. So let's, let's be candid with this. The nine to five that I have pays very well. It's a very comfortable nine to five. And, and I don't, you know, I don't bite the hand that feeds me. I still make sure that I'm doing that nine to five very well. And that usually means that right now I can manage the side hustles and the podcasts and the writing content and all of that because I don't have kids. If I had kids right now, I don't think I would be a very responsible father doing as many things as I as I'm doing. Um, but that being said, so why do I keep the nine to five? Um, well, the nine to five. When I first got into the nine to five, and if you you know you go through my career, it's been working for companies. I took a step back. I did what I think you're doing now: building your own marketing firm. You're doing you know your own thing, and then I actually went back into working for a company. Uh, the name of the company was ExciteM at the time and they wanted somebody to help bring software products to market because they were looking at a deal with Grass Valley at the time. She said, listen, Scott, can you just like show Grass Valley that our products have value? We're a team of developers. Um, we want to bring these like more enterprise products to market. And it was a challenge. It was a lot of fun. And there was a lot of opportunity there because I was really in with the founder, the, you know, co-founders actually CTO and a product founder, and they didn't have really anybody who had a strong sales or marketing background. So a lot of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that's a great, you know, that's a great notch on my belt. That's a great ad on my resume, right? Like be able to build a startup and be able to exit. And just recently we did exit. So, you know, we did exit and now I'm part, now I'm an employee of, of Grass Valley and I'm still building that out. So it was part challenge. Um, at the time when I took that challenge on, my side hustles weren't really making any money at all. Mm-hmm. So it was also a necessity, too. Like it was yeah. like, do I wanna? I, I was entrepreneur, I was doing my own consulting, and then I pivoted back into working for somebody. And it was just about the fact that I, I wanted to, I, I loved entrepreneurship. I loved building my own thing, but I also realized that maybe. I was working a lot and I wasn't working with the right partners when I was doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I found that this isn't working. Mm -hmm. This version, this iteration of entrepreneurship for me isn't working. I know that I want to build my own thing in the future, but I don't think this, I don't see the vision. I don't see the long term. So, okay, let me take that energy and that entrepreneurial spirit, whatever you want to call it, and inject it into a company that I can sort of align with. We're all aligned. We can really, you know, really crank it up, really ramp it up, like, and then, and, and do something incredible. And that's, that's what I've been doing for the past two and a half years. Um, and now we, you know, we, we hit that pinnacle. We, we reached that point where we exited. That's sort of the, that's what every entrepreneur wants to do. I wasn't a founder, I wasn't a founder, but I was the person who was leading the commercial, you know, all the, all the yeah. revenue, all the growth, all of that. And so it's, that was a lot of fun for me. It was a big challenge, right. but it pushed me. I learned new things. And if I ever do something in the future, and by the way, learning the things while growing that, y- y- you'd be hard pressed to say that didn't also help me grow my own things. Because right. I learned the lessons, I see what works, I see what works at scale, because now I have budget. So I can test that scale. And then I can apply those learnings, of course, to the product that I'm, you know, actually the company that I'm working for, but also apply those lessons, to things that I'm trying to grow myself, how to market newsletters, how to market podcasts, how to you know, publish the best content on social. So you learn with the company, you learn, and you can apply that to yourself if you choose. Not everybody chooses to build their own brand or do their own thing, but I did, I do. And and now I'm at a point where um, we're growing really quickly. The, the company that acquired us really values my team and myself, um, and I'll see where it takes me. And you made a good point. I don't know when that point is where you just say, you go full-time into doing your own thing. But we're growing at a rate right now so quickly with, it's broadcast SaaS, it's broadcast software. So it's software meant for the broadcast industry. The broadcast industry is a very legacy old school industry and it's it's ripe for disruption. So because I'm there and I'm seeing it happen in real time, it's hard to walk away from that because it's so exciting. And, you know, it's, it's you a know huge career story.
1: There's something here to be said about not being afraid to, you know, take the opportunities that are in front of you. Like, I think we all get set on this like mindset where it's like, no, I have to pursue this because I want to be independent. But it's like, it is okay. So I often talk about how I don't like nine to fives, but I mm-hmm. did the 10 years and I have this resume and I have these relationships that have benefited me. So you took the opportunity or are yes. taking it to have those names with you, to make your mark in that space, and you're just grown. I, I admire being able to fulfill both roles, because not a lot of people are able to understand both sides of it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think that I think that because I have the entrepreneurial ability within this company, and they trust me, and they, and they, and they value me, and I'm, and I'm allowed to do what I want to do, and what I'm doing is successful, I enjoy it. Yeah. If I didn't do it, I'm sure I could double down on the other things that are making me money and grow them quicker. But right now, in my mind, I look at the ROI of both and the ROI of the other things. So the podcast, the newsletter, the personal brand the whatever I want to build for myself in the future, that's only going to be um, greater if I have an incredible career story to go with it. You look at the people that are the most... Prolific, like uh, I look at like Tom billie who did like Quest Nutrition, and then he grew that. I guess exited, and now he's a personality. Yes. I still want to chase a very big career win, and I have had significant career success, so sure. that's not the point. But this is like I'm, I'm in it and I'm living it. I just don't want to let it go just yet. And if it doesn't come to anything, then I do have other things that I could double right. down on, and we'll right. see. But right now, it's exciting.
1: This is that's great advice, though. You don't often hear this perspective anymore. I really, I feel like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur and like sticky with it, even if I'm failing, you know what I mean? And yeah. then what? Like, you know, it, it failed miserably and you don't want to have your tail between your legs and go to a job because you don't want to seem like you're a failure, but it's like, hey, this is part of it. It's okay. It is part of it. You can do
0: that. It's, it's 100% <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. And so, I would actually recommend that. that so
1: how you. has podcasting yeah. really been for you? Because you have really crushed it. You said you have 20,000 downloads an episode now. Mm-hmm. How long did it take for you to
0: get to that point? Uh, roughly two years to get to that point. Um, pretty, I've spent I spent a fair amount of money trying to grow and market. That's a fair amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also had the advantage of knowing how to book great guests, knowing how to sell myself my podcast. I come from a sales and marketing background knowing how to disseminate content across all social platforms. Mm -hmm. So I had that advantage already and I was already good at doing the sales and marketing aspect of any product, because if you know how to sell yourself, you know, to sell a product how to market a product, you can apply those learnings quite quickly and you can really increase your ramp time Mm -hmm. and then that's just the marketing piece, but also getting like, for example, I think I got Guy Kawasaki on my podcast on like in the first 10 episodes, I just know how to cold email quite well because I'm (laughs) from a sales background. So I was cold emailing like Guy Kawasaki, Grant Cardone, Anthony Scaramucci. You bring that cloud on, and because I'm great at cold emailing, I know how to get people's attention, I know how to bring them in, I know how to sell them on the concept, I could bring them in early, I could get their names on the show, and then all of a sudden you start to get that ball rolling. So that also helped a lot. Um, but it's about focusing on it too. Like I know, I don't know the stats, but you look at anybody who talks about podcast success, mm-hmm. I think there's Say say a million podcasts. I have no idea how many podcasts are up. Say a million podcasts. It's something like, uh, you know, one percent of those podcasts have more than two episodes, or some insane stat like that, right? Right. So, is it? Yeah, I I know what I'm doing, so I could ramp up quicker. I could get better guests quicker. I could market it quicker. But somebody just doing a podcast and learning everything from the ground up and not knowing anything about sales or marketing—if they just stuck with it for 500 episodes they would still have considerable success. Mm -hmm. And that's what people always, that's where people always fail. It's Mm -hmm. because they just give up. And you see a lot of entrepreneurs speak about this quite often. Um, uh, The founder of AppSumo, Noah Kagan, he did a YouTube video. I think the video was called, it's a great video to check out. Um, It's called, how did you make your first million? And he's interviewing entrepreneurs, how they made their first million. And uh, a theme that keeps repeating is, well, I was making nothing. And then all of a sudden overnight, overnight, I made everything. There's this hockey stick growth curve when you've put in, you know, one, two, three, four years of effort, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, all those results start compounding and you start to see the success very rapidly, very quickly. And any entrepreneur is going to tell you that in any industry, right? A lot of it is just sticking with it.
1: And to segue on that, it's funny. You are you on club uh, clubhouse?
0: I am. I'm not great at I'm not great yeah. at it. I'm, try, I'm
1: trying. I, I think it might've died. You know, like I think it was like really all the hype and rage for like a couple of weeks or months maybe, but I was on once and, um, Grant Cardone was on there and someone asked him the question, like, what did you do after you made your first million? Hmm. And he said, I got scared. And it was funny. So you talk about growth, right? So consistency, consistency, you get where you wanted to be. And then you feel like, oh, I I made it. And then all of a sudden you get scared because you don't know what's next. So he said that he couldn't reach the next hurdle and he wanted to, you know, make a few million. So he got rid of all his money and basically invested it. So it was making Mm -hmm. money itself, right? And he acted as if he was broke again so he could reach the next level. So, but just a, an example of just keeping it going to consistently grow so you don't get comfortable and stop or give up, right?
0: I, I agree. And I, I actually love that. I love that mindset. It's like uh, he almost like had to have like this this urgency in and being able to and being able to create money again and, and to be able to create value. And he just couldn't have that, I guess for, for him. It was hard for him to like self-motivate himself without that. I don't have money in the bank looking at my checking account. You know, it's in the negative or whatever kind of uh, fear. That's that's sure. very that's very yeah. interesting.
1: Right. And I don't, I don't really, you know, it's funny. I haven't heard Grant much and I don't know if he has a podcast. I've heard him on some episodes before, but I think that real time communication, mm-hmm. like listening to someone. So on a podcast, you really get the sense of who they are in a different way. So when I heard him yeah. say that, I was like, wow, like that was such great advice to give to someone who's like, I've reached this certain point. So I really enjoy podcasting. I think people are starting to be more more aware since the pandemic of the the value in podcasting?
0: It's, it's, it's just more real. It's less edited. Everything that I put out except podcasts, unfortunately, it's just, it's an edited version of myself, right? The LinkedIn posts, the YouTube videos that are, you know, I record for an hour, cut it down to 10 minutes, Um, the reels, TikTok, all that. It's all edited versions of a person and you try and put yourself, you, you know, when you edit yourself down, regardless of whether or not you're trying to, you'll always end up putting the best version of yourself forward because you want that person to see it. You don't want to, you don't want to, you want to cut the fluff, but with podcasts, with long form content with uh, like live content, there's no cutting, there's no editing. It's just super raw. And I think that people see value in that because they get to know the person versus because like you can't you can't fake it you can't fake it for an hour you can't fake it for two hours you can't fake it live all the time right. and and you sure. can unfortunately fake it in short form tweets or or like or you know you can you can have this like sure. version of yourself you put out into the world but when you right. talk to somebody for an hour or two or whatever you look at the stuff on joe rogan like that's the person that's it they get they get they get shifted they get drunk and they just talk. And that's yeah. who that person is. And I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's
0: that's how I measure people. Like, I just like talking to people. Yeah. I just like like getting to know them like one-on-one. And you can't do that in short form.
1: Right. So I'm a newer podcaster, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're going to teach me how to be a pro. How many episodes do you have, by the way? Uh,
0: 107 as of yesterday. Yeah. Well, actually 107 published. I have about 150 recorded. Right,
1: because you do, you pre-record them and then release them, which is great. A great tip I learned in the very beginning. I think I have like 30 ready. But then each time I listen, I'm like, was this in the beginning? Because I'm still doing that same (laughs) thing.
0: (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, I know I got better. Because I've gone the other end of the spectrum and I've pre-recorded too many. And then you end up pissing off the guests.
1: That's what I think I've done.
0: I've done that too. What do you recommend? Um, you set expectations and I record about 10. I I try now and I just told you I have 150. I have like 40 that I have to post. So obviously I'm not doing a good job of it. I'm trying to push off guests and I'm telling them like, okay, just like, you know, September, October, I'll try and record you. But, um, you just, you just, you just set expectations and you just communicate. Like at the beginning I was, I I recorded really great episodes with great people and I was embarrassed because I knew that I had like another 30 episodes to play. And I just would ignore their emails when they're trying to bug me. Right. And it was just like this like self-conscious thing. And then right. I'm like, listen, I just started emailing, listen, I'm sorry. I just recorded too many. You're going to go out at this date. And they're like, fine, no problem. Right. But just try obviously respectful of the person. Right. Um, I also asked them like, is there a book release? Is there something timely? If not, if it's evergreen and you don't care, then fine. I'll push you a little bit out. But if there's something that's important to you, then we'll work around that schedule and I try not to do more not when I get through all the ones that I've recorded I'm going to try not to do more than 10 at a time just so if I record with you you're going to be maybe like a month month and a half max
1: right that's a good that's a good one Um, so a lot of people that I know that are like why are you doing this podcast like what's going on here so they're like well you know Joe Rogan he just like comparing me to Joe Rogan I'm like listen he's an he's a he's the OG
0: like
1: it's the funniest thing that that is where like most people are referencing podcasts to me and I'm just like this is unfair you know like he's he's (laughs) like a master I am not Joe Rogan stop trying to tell me you know you should do this like what he does so
0: (laughs) well yeah you should also have your your own studio your own staff Exactly. somebody doing live, you know, you know, mixing the audio, like, you, yep. well, one day.
1: But one I day. do like, I do like the studio vibe. And I think there's something yeah. to be said, like when I do these on Zoom, it's hard sometimes because even if I'm enjoying the conversation, like I have lights in front of me, like I have a yeah. screen, like I go a little cross side So you're doing, you're going to be in a studio soon, right?
0: That's uh, so what I, that's the plan. So that is, so my, all my episodes right now have been recorded virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, And I've gone through every tool. I've tried everything. And some I like, some I don't like. Um, But the goal will be to move everything in person, in a studio, get people in, pour them a drink if they drink, and just relax, chill. You know, I think that's the way that, because that's the best way to do it. There's something you
1: can't replace about that in-person conversation.
0: No, you just can't. Yeah. Uh, You just can't. As much as you try. As much as you try and have, like, the pre-phone calls, like, warm up to the person. Right. And some people are like, you're very charismatic. It's easy to talk to you. There's some people that are just hard to talk to that are just like brilliant people, but just they're not comfortable. Right. And you don't know the people. Right. So.
1: Right. It's true. So what are some of those tools that you use? Because I keep hearing about You need to know how to live stream, live stream, live stream. So you can go in and out and zoom and make like the person's face bigger. And I'm just like, really? Like what?
0: I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. Um, That's, that's a lot of production Um, tools that I use. So I have um, right now I'm in the middle of of moving, so I don't have anything, but normally I'll just have like a newer, like lights on a stay. Like I have two just, you know, just lights. Um, I record everything through a Brio webcam. I used to record through a DSLR, um, yeah. but this was just easier and it's uh-huh. it's lightweight. It records just fine. Yeah. Um, uh, which, uh, oh, what's the name of the damn? A Yeti mic, um, mm-hmm. just a regular Yeti mic. You're using yeah. a Shure. That's another you really good I, brand.
1: Yeah, you think Yeti is um, good? I never tried to.
0: It's just easy. It's just yeah. super easy. It's a USB mic. I, I, I think that if you're just starting out, just go with a USB mic. You don't need to get like, a a mic with like a mixer or an amp that like, that's overkill. Like don't, don't, don't do that to yourself. It's already difficult enough. Um, I, right now I'm recording with Riverside. I was with Zoom, but Riverside does 1080 recording and also what it does. So right now we're on a call Mm -hmm. and what Zoom is doing is compressing the audio, compressing the video. So when it's done, it'll be good, but it won't be great. Whereas Mm -hmm. Riverside, It records audio on my end, it records audio on your end, video on my end, video on your end, and then it combines them after the fact. So it's like we're sitting in the same room in terms of quality, but um, yeah, that's probably the best that i found so far. And I've tried a lot.
1: Yeah, that's cool. And you do it um, through your computer on on the Brio? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just on my Mac. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've heard some people use like a TV screen and they'll like live stream so that the other person is on another screen. And then there it's, it seems so complex. I'm not very techie. So I'm like this cord, <laughs> what, what cord is this? I don't know how to do this. <laughs>
0: you can have like, what they're probably doing is they're probably doing like dual monitors so that they can like right now I'm on a laptop. I have my little Brio that I plug in, but like, I, I have to keep reminding myself to look up. Right. Because if I look at your face, then I'm not looking at the camera like camera, your face, camera, your face. Right. Yeah. So if you have a big monitor, it could be noticeable probably on this one. It's not so noticeable. Right. But um, yeah, if you want to get a more professional setup and you had a studio or you had like a home studio, you could do two monitors. So like when you're looking at somebody, it looks like you're actually. Yeah.
1: You,
0: when you're looking at somebody, it looks like you're looking at them and it doesn't look like you're looking away from the camera. Um, but I don't do that. Well, I don't find I, there's any point in it for, for... Over to
1: the studio. I want to, I want to come into the studio when you have it set up. I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm, well, I'm, I'm originally from Toronto, right? So it's going to be not, unfortunately, it's unfortunate. You can't get a lot of guests in Toronto. So I'm hoping that I can get some more in-person, some really great people in person in a studio in Florida, um, in, in Miami, that would be perfect. And I think that that's, you know, next, next steps for the podcast.
1: So what's up with Toronto and no, not very many guests? What do you mean? I like think there are not a lot of people in Toronto?
0: No, no, no. You don't get like the, the big names coming through Toronto as often, it. right? Got it's it. not in New York. It's not in LA. Sure. So you might get them once in a while. But if you're talking about big business personalities from the US.
1: Right. Sure.
0: You don't Let's, get them as much.
1: So I want to talk about Toronto and the, the whole thing. I talked to someone the other day and they were like, I can't leave the country to travel. Uh, because we're not getting vaccines here in, in mm-hmm. Canada, and we're on lockdown again. So what's the deal? Because Canada's like super ahead of times in a lot of ways. I mean, Canada's
0: great for a lot of things. Yeah, Canada is great. Um, you know, you talk about everyone refers to like healthcare, everything's covered, and whatnot. This is incredible. Um, right now in Canada, we're we're running behind in terms of vaccination. Um, our supply chain is not. Great compared to the u s uh, we don't have domestic vaccine producers um, so oh. because everything's slower, it's just been a lot longer of a lockdown. Mm. It's been no restaurants, no haircutters, nothing for i don't know like almost two years now. Mm. It's been tough and there's been periods where it's lightened up, but ultimately, people in Canada are just over it, yeah, like they're just over it right now, and you know, as a Canadian, you can probably go down in New York, they're vaccinating tourists yep. in Florida, they're vaccinating tourists. You can just go to the States and just get vaccinated and keep living your life. Or you can wait another six months in your house in Toronto or in Canada, rather. And it's unfortunate yeah. because I don't like, you know, born and raised in, in Canada, but they're just they're they're dropping the ball right now. And it's unfortunate, oh. but it is yeah. what it is.
1: Sure. But I, you know, listen, we, I was just for the first time in a gym without a mask on yesterday. So, <laughs> I'm so thankful, but like, we're all kind of slow in our own ways, but like, I think yeah. we're, we're inching towards the end of this. Uh, finally.
0: Fingers crossed. Yeah. Like yeah. I was very, very fortunate. I had over the course of the pandemic, I collected a whole bunch of fitness equipment in my house in Toronto. So yeah. I was okay. I was okay. I got some stuff off Facebook. I got some stuff on like I got I got just uh, the most random whatever was left over in terms of fitness equipment. Um, yeah. now now of course I can I can go work out in a gym. It's a weird feeling, but it's a good feeling. It's amazing. It's a really good feeling. I, I miss was that a lot. Out.
1: I was working out outside in a parking lot. So we have like a, a lot of the people and I live in a condo. A lot of people, we use the same trainer. And yeah. so he was doing like this rotation back to back in the parking lot. So you'd see your neighbor, you know, everyone like bundled up trying to stay yeah. day, like. And we were in the elements of South Florida for all seasons. We had a real winter this year for Florida. we yeah, was yeah. like 40 degrees in the morning. And so yeah, that's,
0: that's cold enough
1: right yeah. to work out and so to be in the gym yesterday we we're like looking in the mirror I'm like man I need a haircut like what what am I wearing <laughs> <laughs>
0: well like- I just did a whole I did a whole Under Armour order just because I was like wearing the most ridiculous stuff to work out and I had to like look normal again in real life in public so that's something that I've been just like getting used to now um right. but but do you not have a, you don't have because I know in LA they have a whole bunch of outdoor gyms that popped up
1: you know what? They don't I do that. Yet. I And if, if if we had them, they would probably be near where you are in like on Las Solas. I think there's one yeah. gym that's on a rooftop and then oh, okay. or they'd be in like Miami Beach. But they closed. You remember, they closed the uh, the beaches here in South Florida that's for true. a lot of the pandemic because that was where everyone was, you know, obviously going to gather and not pay attention to rules.
0: Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so I guess yeah. Well, I I I wouldn't know any better because I wasn't here. But like now, it's just nice because you can go into a gym. So yeah, I miss that, miss that a lot. Because I I, I'm a you know I'm a I'm a big I'm very into health, wellness, working out. Like my whole my whole life, I've played sports, and obviously, I don't play anything anymore. Um, But for me, um, you know, part of my professional life. I need, I need to be able to have like an outlet, like something to go do, something physical to go do. I used to play in Canada, played a lot of hockey, uh, played uh, rugby in high school, played a lot of tennis too. Um, and obviously always just like working out in a gym wherever I traveled. And that's honestly, I feel like for people that are stuck in condos, don't have access to work out. I don't know how you could do it if right. you were somebody who cared about fitness and health and whatnot. I think it's very difficult, like yeah. mentally and physically.
1: Right. What like, happens and, and on your to energy you, levels too? What happens to your business even? Like just your production and your effort if you're not going to the gym for like a week?
0: It just it just see, I've always focused on finding a way to work out. So <laughs> you know, it's so it it's funny. Even so happen
1: is what you're saying. You it never It
0: happen. It really doesn't happen. yeah Um because even when I was so during the move, uh during the during COVID, excuse me, we went through a move. So I was in I was in a condo at the start of COVID, moved into a house, filled the basement with gym equipment and then moved again. Um so when I was in the condo when COVID first started, they they shut down the gym, of course. And I was, uh, I ordered some weights, like some really, really, because nothing was available from any fitness store. So I had to order some like, you know, weights from China, like some really, really crappy weights. I had, I remember I had uh, a a metal bar from an Ikea uh, shelf. And I, and I tried to put equal 24 packs of water bottles into two gym bags and put it On each side of the ikea shelf bar and that was like my deadlifts my curls like i was doing like little bench presses and in this other in our second bedroom and i've always just found a way because and it sounds nuts until you talk to somebody who's always worked out because it's almost like a little bit of an addiction to work out but um days that i don't work out i'm lethargic i'm tired by mid-afternoon like you just don't want to do anything and you just it's like no endorphins, no serotonin, like nothing because you aren't getting that exercise. So you're eating, you're feeling like crap. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know how to measure the, yeah. the, the issue like the detriment to not working out, but I know it's, it's there. Right, it's but that's,
1: that's some serious dedication right there. I feel like this whole experience <laughs> with pen, the pandemic like really tested everyone who is physically fit or wants yeah. to be physically fit if yeah. you're going to do it you can make it happen but you have to be creative
0: <laughs> you got to be creative you got to be creative you got to be resourceful i've never used facebook marketplace in my life but yeah. i couldn't find anything else anywhere else so for the first time on a facebook marketplace found some people that were selling their old gym equipment yeah. at like a you know a 10x markup and i'm like whatever To yeah. me, that's that's worth I it bought,
1: i bought this bike you know like a little bike for the patio and yeah. so grateful to find it was like a hundred dollars from Amazon. And I went on like a couple of days later because a friend of mine said, oh, you need one of these, or I need one of these, please get me one. It was like $700, like a week later, because yeah. it was through the roof. Everyone wanted it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you, you were looking at like weights, uh, like little, little dumbbells or whatever. And they were like a hundred bucks per dumbbell. It's crazy. It, But you're right. I think that that that's probably the most important thing when you, during the pandemic, it was focusing on like keeping your mental health at an all time high and not sinking into some sort of depression. For me, that was physical activity, physical fitness.
1: Yeah. When I'm sick for a couple of days, I'm extra miserable because I can't work out and I try to work out anyway, even though I know I can't.
0: And yeah, it, it's yeah. just
1: torture. So I'm like depressed because I'm not getting that that action my brain needs. Hundred,
0: yeah. So yeah. I that it's so funny when you talk to somebody who actually is into working out, like the yeah. stupid shit they do in this. <laughs> but yeah. like every time I've ever had a surgery, it's like I try and go back earlier. Like anytime a doctor's like, "Don't lift weights," I'm like, "Okay, whatever." Like yeah, I look around. It. Like don't worry about it. Like <laughs>
1: Oh, I just I just replaced my shoulder. It's it's been yeah. a week. I'm fine. I'll do
0: legs oh, well. at least. Whatever, not a big deal. Although you know,
1: so you're, all well. you guys who are physically fit and work out like this are the same. Like I
0: know, I know.
1: A week goes by. You you're in a sling. You have stitches in yeah. your arm, but you're like, I can handle a couple of bench presses. <laughs> It's, I got this. It's like okay, yeah. But I get it. It's
0: a, it's like a, I'm pretty sure it's like I'm sure there's like a psychological condition. Like it's not you're not all right there, but like whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's I've, I've seen worse. I've seen worse habits. I've seen yeah. worse habits. It's um, very true. Very. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's so funny.
1: But listen, this has been awesome. I cannot wait until you're settled in in South Florida. Um, yeah, We're gonna have to do this again in a studio
0: we'll do it in the studio for sure. I'll give you we we spent half the time talking about pandemic and working out and we didn't even go into podcasting tips and whatnot but uh, we'll do that we'll do that too. We'll do like a 2.0. Yeah,
1: but you know what? You gave some really valuable tips on on kind of how you got started and what you've done and some of the resources yeah. too. But let's yeah, let's definitely do a 2.0 for I'll sure. I'll give you
0: I'll give you one more yeah. really great tip that's worked well for me because it's applicable to anybody marketing anything. So when you want to market something, say I want to market a podcast, Um, where do I market it? Yeah, you go across all the normal channels, you know, social whatnot, but market it where your listeners already are. So I have a podcast, I'm getting other podcast hosts, I'm trying to go on shows, I'm getting them to shout out my podcast, right? And we're doing trades, we're doing shout out trades for podcasts and whatnot. Uh, If I want to market my newsletter, I'm advertising in other people's newsletters, I'm just asking them to do like a swap. Can we just for one week, I speak about your newsletter, you speak about my newsletter. Because you're not, when you're, when you're marketing anything, you're marketing the product, but you're also marketing the medium. So if I'm marketing a podcast, I have to sell my own podcast, I have to get you to buy into it, but I don't want to have to convert you to becoming a podcast listener and then liking my podcast. I want to take people that are already podcast listeners and like my podcast because that's way easier. Mm -hmm. So anything I've ever marketed ever podcast newsletter, anything you just try and find people that are doing that thing, listening to that thing, consuming that thing somewhere else, and then just convert them into what you're doing. It's just a way easier way to market.
1: That's great advice. And and you also recommend having um, sponsors.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's what pays the bills. So I, I do recommend, I do recommend having sponsors. I think that's a very, so Um, other, other tools that I use uh, for sponsors right now, I don't have a dedicated sales team. I use Advertise cast. Mm-hmm. They put your podcast up, they have a sales team that finds you, that finds you deals. Um, of course, if you get big enough, people will come to you um, and they do as well. But that's one way to sort of get your sales off the ground with the podcast. Um, I'll think of some more, but yeah. I can't. I can't think off the top of my head. But that's one that you should check out if you if you do have a podcast. Yeah. Go to Advertise Cast and no affiliate, no sponsor. This is something I like to use, and it and it works well.
1: All right, but, but one thing uh, you just said there, with collaboration is is basically key. But know the mediums yeah. to collaborate with, and it's like in any marketing, it's all about collaborating.
0: It's all because okay, There's two ways to get your message. Well, I guess three ways. You could pay for it. You can uh, have organic reach on your social or you can just collaborate and collaborating makes the most sense because what are you giving when you collaborate? You're giving, you know, it's, it's free real estate in your own show or, you know, you're talking about somebody's show or whatever you're providing value to somebody else. They'll provide value back, but it's not costing you anything Mm -hmm. because if I, for example, say I go, you know, do a swap with a podcaster and I say, okay, so we're going to have, I'm going to talk about your podcast for, 30 seconds at the beginning of my show, you're going to talk about my podcast for 30 seconds at the beginning of your show. Um, and we both have audiences of 10,000 people. You know how much it would cost to get 10,000 dedicated podcast listeners, just podcast listeners, to actually care about my show if I had to go through Facebook ads or something like that? It's very expensive, right? It's, it's extremely expensive. And that, in theory, should be free. And that's just you setting that up, you just reaching out to people. Right. That's it
1: that's a good one well we're doing we're doing a number two thank you for joining us
0: thank you for having me on it each with its own cost and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts if you love bourbon you need to try heaven hill bottled and bond available nationally look for a bottle at your local store heaven hill reminds you to think wisely drink wisely think back to your last few days in the office did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy but where you've made real progress on something that matters because being busy doesn't always mean being productive and i bet you we've all been there and maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done.